on this installment of View the Right Thing. It's a tale of blurred lines between justice and vengeance. When Wes and Steve take in one of the most revered Western films ever made, an old gunslinger comes out of retirement with the help of an old friend and an eager young bounty hunter in the film that won four Academy Awards, including Best Picture and Best Director. Produced, directed, and starring Clint Eastwood, it's 1992's Unforgiven. And now, saddle up for View the Right Thing. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. To another episode of... View. The... Right. Thing. Oh, I don't know if I like the whole... Well, that's okay. Yeah. We, we played with it a couple times. It's all yeah, right. Yeah, you know. It's not, we didn't etch in stone that we had to say it that way. Yeah. You welcome us to the show. How, how you doing? I'm doing well. What do you mean? Are you uh, telling me to re- re-welcome us yeah, to the show? Yeah, just re-welcome it. No, and no, no! It'll feel forced now. You take a crack at one, and then I'll take a crack at one, and we'll we'll just how leave about, all three of them. How about there. next episode? You just take it, take take the reins. Uh, okay, Stevis, take the wheel. You're at least happy that I'm not saying Indiana Jaws anymore, right? That's true. I That's miss true. Indiana Jaws. You you can, you can break it out every once in a while. Just do it when I least expect it. Do you think if we went to Universal Studios? Yeah. Rode on the Universal Studios backlot tour, mm-hmm. and I managed to put an Indiana Jones hat on Jaws when he pops out of the water. Do you think I would get kicked out? Yes, but Darn it. it might be worth it. <laughs> I don't think it'd be worth it. You at can't all. even get to Jaws. Last I was there, they it was shut down because they'd given a facelift to Jaws. Yeah. Well, they're they're filling, they're draining the lake, and they're just making it all blood instead of just. No, some they're blood. not. Yeah. That's not true. All blood. Trump's orders. Trump's orders. Trump said, you know it would be great if Jaws doesn't pop out of the water? He pops out of a blood lake. Not a blood fart lake, which is a movie. <laughs> okay. I think it's actually called Terror at Blood Fart Lake. Made by the same guys who made... would be a terror. Ski Wolf. Ski Wolf. And, that uh, sounds like something I'd want to watch. Uh, if, you like, if you like movies shot in a weekend... Sometimes at a rental property, you you are aware with that... a pornographic scene thrown in the middle. Oh wow! Then you will like Ski Wolf. Now I I, I appreciate Ski Wolf because <laughs> I think I feel like these guys have a pretty fun model. They essentially go to a rental property for you know a weekend or however many days or whatever, and while they're there, they just make a feature length movie, and <laughs> I think that's hilarious. One of those movies is Ski Wolf. The other one is Terror at Blood Fart Lake. And I don't know if they've put one out since then. You do know that I, I own a movie called Axum. Oh, yeah. I think we've watched Axum. I don't know if I've watched it with you. I may have shown you pieces you've of so, it. You've definitely shown me pieces it's of hard it. To, it's, hard to sit, it's hard to sit down and watch. Sure. It's really slow and, and way too long. And you I mean, can't, you're talking to a guy who sat through Bloodsucker Jones three times. It's hard to understand what people are saying in it. The audio is really bad. Oh, uh, poor I think Axum. they just use whatever mic is on the camera. Yeah. And it's, it's a pretty low-grade camera. Sometimes that's how you got to make your first movie. If you were to go back and watch all the acting I did in high school, it was all just on a camcorder in the middle of the night, you know, often filmed out the window of a car. Mm. All that funny stuff. Those tapes are all probably destroyed by now. My favorite parts of that of Axum are when you can hear the director call cut. <laughs> I think you showed me like a highlight reel of that. Yeah. Oh man, what are we talking about today? Well, you know, I saw something. Uh, I saw something uh, on Twitter today that I thought was interesting. Oh yeah, uh, it's movie related. I saw something really interesting movie related yesterday. But you go first. Uh, um, the uh, Crayola has a new color, a new color of blue, and they're asking people to. Uh, Suggest names for it. Crayola the Crayon Company yeah. has come out with a new version of blue. Yeah. That's incredible. And somebody suggested um, Chiron. 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 Oh, from... Chiron. From... From uh, Moonlight. Moonlight. Which I thought was a good suggestion wow. for a color of blue. Chiron. Interesting. Is it Chiron or Chiron? I can't remember. I feel like... They called him Chiron. I feel like it was like Tyrone, but with that's, the shy. That's exactly what I But I cannot remember. It's not spelled that way. There's no E at the end. I think you are correct. It's spelled like Chiron. Like, 
Like the yeah. little like lower third that's at the bottom of a newscast. Right. Put it in the Chiron. Whoa. I, I think that's how you spell it. Whoa. That sounds um, correct. So that's pretty cool. So, but that's just one of the suggestions. That's somebody just suggested on Twitter. I thought that was a good suggestion, though. Now, are we able to vote on this? I don't know. They just asked for suggestions. Fair enough. Are you going to suggest Bodie McPopeface? No. But maybe something like Jaws Blanket. Or uh, Jaws Blanket? Yeah, because Jaws' blanket is the entire ocean, and the ocean's blue. Okay. Or, uh... Or, uh... Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow's Blanket. <laughs> okay. Or uh, the Rocketeer's Blanket. Ti- Titanic's Ti- bed. Yeah. Titanic's bed. Yeah. Titanic's uh, Blanket. Finding Nemo's Blanket. Just, there, just whatever blanket. Anything that's in the ocean or the sky. Moby Dick's Blanket. Moby Dick's Blanket. Um, Ahab's eventual blanket. Oh, spoiler for spoiler Moby Spoiler alert. Uh, Steve, U571's Blanket. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, I love U five seven one. Should I love U five seven one? No, you should not. I do though. It's such a tough movie. Uh, I remember seeing it, and I was just like, "That movie is a good reminder that sometimes you just gotta shut up and do what you gotta do, even if it means drowning in the bilge in order to get the torpedoes launched." All right, McConaughey. Um, that's pretty cool. A pretty cool story about. A possible crayon color name. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of sort of weird. How is there another blue that hasn't been made? It's a really like bright blue, huh? It's like very vivid. That's the thing is like colors are going to get more vivid. Yeah, I've got something in my eye. Shouldn't shouldn't it be named after uh, uh, the other guy's character though? The guy who won the Oscar. Oh, Masharala Ali's character? Yeah. Well, but the point is that he he's not the only blue one. Yeah, that's true. You know? That's true. True as moonlight. Um, all right. That's pretty cool. And I think the ads for it had him in blue. Right, yeah. The cover art is, yeah. is it's like all three Chirons from all three ages. I need to buy that movie, but I'm waiting to see if they're going to put it out in 4K because it's so pretty. Yeah. I'd be surprised if they didn't. I've got something on my eyeball. Keep talking while I... While you... Adjust my eye. Um, All right. Well, we have been um, furiously trying to get more episodes going. So that way we can... uh, Furious Sixly. Slow and furiously? Not so much slow. I mean, it hasn't been fast, but it, we we are trying hard. Yeah. Hey, Aww. Walt's there. Come to say hi to you. Hello, buddy. I don't know if I should have him. He looks very cold and shivery. I have the air, the air conditioning on because it's hot. All right. I'm going to bring him up. And we got, we got, we got stuff on. we got to do today, so, you know. Hang on. All right. Now, you can't move at all. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna bark on that mic. Don't bark on the microphone. Okay, so if you're just listening, I have a very adorable dog on my lap now. His name is Walt Dogsney. He wants to curl up. Yeah, there he goes. On my tummy. So, uh, trailers. Let's talk some trailers. Let's talk trailers. Uh, Super controversial trailer between the two of us. Yeah. Patty cakes. Yeah. I think it looks fantastic. You're like, screw that film. It looks like a very well made movie, but it looks. Like, it's just for white people who are afraid of hip-hop, and then now they're like, oh, I can watch a movie about hip-hop because it's about a white girl. I completely disagree. Look, if we both agreed with each other, the show would be boring. I don't know. It'd make me feel better. Yeah, I'll probably check it out. Good old patty cake. I really liked the trailer for... Wish Upon. Mm. You told me that Wish Upon was your most anticipated film of 2017. I don't think that's true, but... I I think the trailer's cool. I'm not thrilled by the title. It is a bad title. It's absolutely a bad title. Now, we're living in a tricky time, because a lot of the really great titles have already been taken. Yeah, uh-oh. Well, and some titles get repeated, you know. Sometimes people will make two movies that have nothing to do with each other, but they've got a similar title, or the same title. Wish Upon is, uh, looks like it's sort of like, almost like, uh-oh, the dog's ground. You might have to put him down. He's yeah, looking outside. Have to put you down. Sorry, Walt. I love you, but I'm going to have to put you down if you're going to growl. Go lay down. Um, 
It looks like kind of like a remake or like a reboot of the Jin. Remember that? It was like a Wes Craven Wish movie. Wishmaster. Wishmaster. Yeah. About a Jin. An yeah. evil Jin. That was a messed up movie. They made a lot of sequels. Yeah, to they that. made several of those. Okay, so um, Wishmaster, or not Wishmaster, Wish, Wish Upon. upon. A box in your bedroom. It was Ryan Phillippe who was in cool. that. There was like one shot, and I was like, is that Ryan Phillippe? Ryan Phillippe from MacGruber. Sure. I know what you did last summer. I know what you did last summer. Way of the gun. Uh, Joey King. Weird to see her as an almost adult. Oh, yes. She played young Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. Did she? Quote, unquote, young Bane. No. Did she really? Yeah. I know she was in The Conjuring... She was in, uh, was she in, like, We Bought a Zoo or something like that? One of the, oh, oh I Wish I Was Here. Yeah, with yeah. Uh, Zach Braff. No, you know, uh, you remember when Bane's having the flashback to himself in the pit as a young child? But that's not him. Don't spoil it oh. for people who haven't watched it. But Sorry. she is playing young Quote Bane. Unquote. Battle Los Angeles. I think that's probably the first movie I saw I her. love Battle Los Angeles. She's in that? Yeah. She's, she's probably, what, uh, uh, what's his name's daughter? Yeah. No. Kirsten. She plays Kirsten with the dog has just decided that this is the podcast he's going to speak up. For uh, once. Sherilyn Finn. Sherilyn Finn. Is in Wish Upon. From The Wraith. I mean, I guess if that's the one you want to pick. <laughs> and Twin Peaks. Yeah, there and you so go. so much. Oh, and Thrashing. She was in Twin Peaks, The Wraith, and Thrashing. I'm pretty sure when I get home, I'm going to have to carve a statue of Sherilyn Finn and mount it on the top of my car. Because right. she was in like three of the most important entertainment vehicles of my life. Vehicles? No. You know what? Continue. Please. You know who else is in it? In Wish Upon? Yeah. Um, Stranger Things Barb. Oh, yeah. Shannon Purser. Also known as Riverdale's Ethel. Ethel Muggs. There was another star of Riverdale in the movie we're about to talk about today. There was? Lachlan Monroe. Oh, okay. He yeah, plays yeah, yeah. Uh, Betty's dad. Betty's dad, Mr. Carlisle. Lachlan Monroe. You might remember him as, as Dead Man on Campus with Mark Paul Gosler and uh, Tom Everett Scott. I would have to have seen that. It's the movie about some college dudes. Who, They're like, if you, you get an A if... Yeah, they realize if your roommate commits suicide, you get all A's for the year or maybe just the semester. So they set out to find the craziest dude on campus to A... Get him to be their roommate, and then B try to convince him to kill himself so they never have to go to class. Uh, it's a it's a pretty messed up premise for a movie, but it did give me one of my favorite lines ever. Yeah, which is um, somebody finds now at my college they didn't do this, but apparently at this college in the movie they have a freshman Facebook, which is a book full of all the freshmen's faces, which seems very creepy in today's age of stalking and internet bullying an actual facebook yeah and actual facebook but uh so there's a part where this you know the love interest girl she's like oh wow is this uh what is the freshman facebook doing out here and the one guy's like oh yeah that's the freshman facebook my roommate's been jacking jack he jackalacking he's been jackalacking around all week because he was about to say he's been jacking off to Mm -hmm. it all week who would do that to a freshman Facebook? Answer, probably 90% of dudes on college campuses. <laughs> uh, Lachlan Monroe, also in White Chicks and Freddy vs. Jason. He was in Freddy vs. Jason? He was apparently Deputy Scott. Oh, wow. It sounds like we need to watch Freddy vs. Jason again. Yo, I'm totally down to rewatch that because uh, Monica Kina is in that and I love her forever. Yeah. So I realize we didn't really talk about what Patty Cakes or Wish Upon are actually about. Um, just watch the trailers. Yeah, just watch the trailers for Patty Cakes. It's Patty Cakes and with a, a dollar sign at the end instead oh, of an S. Oh, okay. FYI. Patty Cake dollar sign. And watch the trailer for Wish Upon. And watch the trailer for... Murder on, on the Orient Express. Whoa. Which I'm pretty excited about. Uh the I won't. I'm not going to spoil the reveal in the trailer. No, do not. But the reveal at the end of the trailer of who's sort of like talking yeah. is pretty cool. It's a pretty like if you know the story, you already know who it is. Right. But um, the actor slash uh, uh, character is is kind of a, f- a fun reveal. Two exciting reveals in one body. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. It looks like it has a really good cast. It's got Daisy Ridley in it. 
That's the exact question I was just about to ask. Yeah. I was about to say, was that Daisy Ridley? Yeah. Is, uh, the a lot of those young Countess? British uh, posh girls kind of look similar, like Kira Knightley's and yeah. the yeah. It's got Johnny Depp in it. Yep. And his face uh, is the actual color of his skin. Yeah. <laughs> which Johnny Depp rarely does these days. Um, oh, speaking of Johnny Dame, Depp. Dame Judi Dench is in it. Josh Gad. Josh Gad. Who else was in that? Dame Judi Dench. Oh, yeah. She's the uh, the princess. Uh, Josh Gad. Yeah, let him watch it and see. Yeah, it's, it's a good cast. It's a really good cast. And it looks, looks like, like it's... Except we both agreed that the song in the trailer is... Uh, completely anachronistic. Yeah. And f- for my money, doesn't fit with anything that just happened in the trailer. Yeah. They did, they did something interesting that I'm conflicted on, which is they use, um, like, neon piping lighting oh, for yeah. the, like, the letters, for the fonts. Yeah. Looks like, like neon signs. And I'm a little bit... I have mixed feelings about it because it does technically fit the period. Sure. Um, but not the mood. But not the mood, which is what makes me conflicted about. It. Like it almost feels like they're doing it to be hip, mm-hmm. i.e., the song in the in the movie. Mm-hmm. Very, very clearly, they were like, "Well, most of the audiences that you know are the right age for Daisy Ridley and Johnny Depp. Uh, we got to we got to hook them with with the young kids' musics in the hula hoops, right? Because when they're not watching movies, they're imagining dragons. Yeah. So we should play an Imagine Dragon soon. It, it, it has nothing to do with the fact that the company that made the movie also owns the record company that produces right. Imagine Dragons. Certainly right. nothing like that's ever happened. <laughs> that was the sound of me pretending to shoot myself through my own brain. I think it's like... Because I'm sick of bad songs ruining cool movies. We're going we're gonna to trick young people into seeing this like classic piece of literature. Yeah. Which, hey, I mean, that also does need to happen. I just wish Imagine Dragons could just stop. You know what I want? I want materialized, real dragons. I don't want to have to imagine them anymore. Okay. Especially not since that band, like, I mean, just with every new single, they're just softer and more boring than when they started. It's like, are you guys the new Coldplay? Some people say about me, (laughs) softer and more boring than when we started. I don't think that's true. We saw a Grand Slam baseball game a few weeks ago. We did. That was pretty exciting. Should I tell my Johnny Depp story? Your Johnny Depp story or your other story? Well, in a way, one and the same. Okay, go ahead. Start with Johnny Depp and then move into the other. I've given you the broad strokes on this story. Okay. But uh, Steve, yesterday... Broad strokes, Molten. Hey, you know it. I've got wide hands, folks. Yesterday, I made an impromptu trip to Disneyland... Mm-hmm. To comfort a friend who'd been feeling down and hadn't been to Disneyland in a long time. A couple other friends were along for the ride with her. Fortunately, they all got there much earlier than me. I left only slightly later than them. And it wound up taking me three-ish hours to get from North Hollywood to Disneyland. It's because of the time of day you went. Dude, here's the thing. The best time to get down there is 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Opening is the best time to be there. Well, that's the best time to be there, but that's not realistic. Uh, for an, <laughs> I mean, if you're not Steve Moulton, it's it not is. realistic for an impromptu trip to Disneyland. Okay. So, we're adults. We all got crap to do in the morning, so we're like, okay, you know, we're scheduling, we're talking it out, we're talking it out, and it's like, cool. I'm able to hit the road now. Cool. We're able to hit the road too. I'm almost able to hit the road. Mm-hmm. Hit the road about 1040. Park at Disneyland at 1.55. That sucks. It really sucks. Because the best time to drive down, obviously not before opening, is between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. That's when traffic is the best to get down there. And now, it's the worst. Because then I got home at 6.30 p.m. Well, left Disneyland at about 6.30 p.m. That's also And I was home in 57 minutes. Really? Yup. That's normally really bad traffic. It, uh, I fully agree. Up has become down. But this is, this, is, this is me complaining at the beginning of a story that's about to get so awesome. Okay. You remember a couple weeks ago when Johnny Depp showed up dressed as Jack Sparrow on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride yeah. and entertained the guests? Mm-hmm. Well, what movie just opened not too long ago? Pirates of the Caribbean 5. Yep. To so, 
Thunderous Silence. Really? I haven't paid attention. People are saying it's not good. Oh, boy. Um, so we get in line for Pirates of the Caribbean after going on a few other rides here and there. Sign in the front of the line says it's going to be a 75-minute wait. No good. And I'll tell you why. Because probably everybody is sitting there hoping Johnny Depp is in there waiting to entertain the guests on a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. We're waiting in line. We're waiting in line. It doesn't take 75 minutes. I'm very happy to say it doesn't. I don't even think it took 35 minutes. We're waiting in line. We're in the part where you're still outdoors, but you're kind of sunken down in that sunken place. A little spiral, yeah. The sunken place? (laughs) Really? The sunken place. (laughs) Uh, start uh, scraping a spoon on a, on a coffee cup. We're down in the sunken place before you, well, way before you go indoors. And I'm talking to my friends. And a little voice just says in my ear, look at the stairway. Now you pointed out to me that the stairway I was talking, I was thinking and looking at is the stairway that goes up to the Dream Suite. Mm-hmm. I thought it went to Club 33. But no, it goes up to the Dream Suite. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a living human being on that stairway at all. Yeah. Little voice in my head just says, hey, look at the stairway. I look at the stairway. Nobody's there. Nobody. For one second. Uh-huh. That one second ends, and a head starts peeking up over the railing. Somebody is going up that stairway. A head, hair, a forehead. Does Captain Jack Sparrow, doesn't he wear a great big hat? So you don't really see the top of his hair, like, ever. Yeah. Hair, forehead, sunglasses, mm-hmm. and one of the most legendary smiles in Hollywood history, Wes. Mm. Can you guess who it was? I, mean, I know who it was, so I shouldn't. Make a joke guess. Uh, Paul Rubens. Paul Pee Wee Herman Rubens. My friend, I'm afraid you're incorrect, mm-hmm. but it was none other then, uh, what are we talking, five-decade movie star? Uh, found by Disney, found essentially. Found by Disney Pictures. I mean, like, made a star by Disney. Certainly. He's been a movie star, movie, movie stars, a movie star since he was a teen, all through the 80s and 90s. And Before you say it, did you know that um, uh, it's, it's sort of a, an urban legend that his name was the last name uttered by Disney before he died. It actually Whoa. it actually was written on his stationery on his desk and it was known to be one of the last things Walt Disney ever wrote wow. in his office at Disney Studios was this person's name. I never heard that. Yeah, like but let me he knew, tell you. He knew he was going to be a big star. That is incredible. And yeah. guess what? If that is the case, if it was me, I mean, I believe you the the written part, if those were the last words Disney ever uttered, all these years later, it makes perfect sense. He didn't really say. It. He didn't really say it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that part well, was that part's an urban legend, but okay. But they, but he did. He it was one of the last things. It was the last thing left on his desk right. was just his name. That's and, wild. And uh, he was filming. I know we're we're drawing out who it is. Oh, he was filming. Something. I know who it is, and I'm the suspense is killing. He was filming something with Disney, and they they uh, or he was on the lot, and uh, somebody came up to him and said, "Hey, um, you got to see this thing." And they took him up into Walt's office Whoa. and showed him. Wow. Well, maybe they keep that in the dream suite now. I don't know. Mm. But ladies and gentlemen, ascending that staircase, wearing sunglasses, grinning out over the crowd, was Kurt Captain Ron Russell. Oh, man, you ruined it with Captain Ron. (laughs) Kurt McCready Russell. Pork Chop Express Russell. Kurt Jack Burton Russell. Kurt Tango and Cash Russell. Ego. Kurt. Dark Blue. Russell. And yes, current star of, available in theaters now, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, playing Ego the Living Planet, Kurt, Mother, Fathering, Russell, baby. Yeah, you like one of your idols. I hope that me smacking my own knee right now didn't affect the microphone. It's but yes, right if it did. If it did. I mean, I can't think of a Kurt Russell movie that I don't enjoy. Maybe it's not my favorite. Maybe I don't love it. You, but ta- you talk about Big Trouble a lot. Oh, I love Big Trouble a lot. Steve time. is... Viewsters, Steve is a big Kurt Russell fan. Pretty so, big. So he probably had to change his pants. You know, like, 
physically, I didn't feel like I needed to, but like emotionally, yeah, I was just like, holy. Now in September, I was a mere fifty feet from Kurt Russell at a Q and A, but I knew he was going to be there that night. I, yeah. I, you know, and to just and I mean, I've, I've never seen anybody on that staircase. It's, it's a more casual setting too. Exactly, like a, like a hey, we're out and about. Yeah, yeah, man. And so you know, I'm just chilling talking and then something's just like look at the staircase and i look nothing's there and then kurt russell's there and i was just like are you kidding me right now and uh you know he's kind of walking up and just grinning out at everybody the way he does and I, he was wearing sunglasses i don't know if he looked right at me but i gave him a big thumbs up mm. and he smiled and waved and then everybody else started going like whoa kurt russell's up there kurt russell's up there and then he waved again and he turned and went into the dream suite and I'm never going to stop telling that story. Yeah. You can uh, see Kurt Russell in Disney's Follow Me Boys. Follow Me Boys. Um, Disney did I like imagine a, it's more like, follow me, boys. He did a, uh, like a little video. You know, he used to like do little video things before the movies where yeah. he talk about, oh, our upcoming thing, blah, 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 blah. And he talks about a young up-and-coming star, Kurt Russell, yeah. that's starring in their new movie, Follow Me Boys. That's cool. Doesn't I think there's even a, a really old commercial from when he was a teenager that's literally for like a toy gun or maybe some kind of like mm. fun spy toy. But it's it's very strange to see that commercial now. And yeah. He's like, yeah, get this gun. <laughs> it's funny. He says it. He delivers it a lot better than I just did because I also don't know the exact line. Kurt Russell, ladies and gentlemen, there he was. Uh, it was pretty awesome. It yeah. was pretty, pretty awesome. I'm now one degree from Kurt Russell. I probably have been. Yeah. But I definitely am, thanks to uh, Ice, the movie. I, uh, also starring Patty O'Dempsey, star of Miracle. Oh, yeah, yeah. He played Rizzo. Um, He's cool. I crossed paths with Jason Siegel at Disneyland. That's Did you? The only... The only uh, no, you go there. You've been there so many times. That's the only celebrity... I think so. The only one that I've, that I've seen up close and crossed paths with, that's for sure. Whoa. Like, we, I was going into the castle. He was coming out of the castle... And he was wearing a Muppet shirt. It was just before Muppets had come out. Oh, that's great. And uh, we locked eyes, and I saw the panic, and I just smiled and nodded yeah. and let him do his thing, and he continued on. And What do you mean you saw the panic? Like, you know, like you sometimes about to, like, you fan some, out some, on him? Yeah, sometimes they get like a little afraid. But I did later meet him. Whoa. Um, and uh, just told him like how much I appreciated the work he did on the Muppets. And, that's, like, a, that's a great movie. How it, how, uh, it it felt like a Jim Henson production, and he yeah. was, he seemed very like appreciative of that, and That's he was very awesome. he was very kind, and uh, he was saying like he said how important it was to them to like get it right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's nice rad. guy. Nice guy. I would hope that Jason Siegel will be a nice guy. Yeah. He's very rich and he's very tall. Might as well be nice. Who did I see there? I saw. Well, a lot of that How I Met Your Mother cast was there at this thing. Oh, yeah. Was that yeah? Josh Radner and. Uh, Will, you know his name Willow, um, Allison Hannigan. Allison Hannigan and her husband. I got to talk with. Oh yeah. We we uh, we assembled some Muppets together. Oh, some that's some paper cool. Muppets, some paper puppets, like paper bag puppet things. Yeah. And uh, he was very nice. That's awesome. I told him I was a big fan of uh, Buffy and Angel, and he was like, "Oh, you know, what's your name?" And I said, "Wes." And he, you know, he played a character named Wesley on those shows, so. Oh yeah, that's who she's married yeah, to. He thought wow. that, he thought that was real funny. I forgot who she and was he goes, married he, to. Okay, he goes, yeah. of, he goes, of course. That's great. Yeah, nice. Guy. Oh, oh, telephone. Telephone. Let's ringing. let's stop that from happening right now. What? How should I? Oh, okay. We're just gonna okay. Just hang up on him. That's how that's how we do it. I care more about the viewsters than I do that phone call. You know what? I agree. Viewsters, if you're listening, you're better than that phone call. That's for sure. Heck yeah, you are. Should I tell my Haley Steinfeld at Disneyland story? I probably told it on the podcast. I don't. Remember. I don't remember. But you I know guess... what? We probably should save. Yeah. The Disneyland stories. Move on because we have not really talked about movies yet. Here's we've what got a, we'll we've do. Got a, we got a Academy Award winning film we got to talk about today. If you want to hear my Haley Steinfeld story on a future episode, hashtag first of all tweet at VTRT movies hashtag Haley Steinfeld story. Or tweet hashtag Forrest Whitaker story. <laughs> and if you're somehow hearing me mention these hashtags, but you didn't just hear me tell the Kurt Russell story, hashtag Kurt Russell story again. 
Let's talk about the Oscar-winning movie we watched for this episode, Wes. Yeah. Um, oh, I do actually want to give a quick shout-out. Let's hear it, baby. Dana McCarthy. Dana McCarthy? Dana McCarthy. Just want to say hi. Thanks for listening. Hello. Appreciate your feedback. Is it us you're listening to? That's it. Just want to say hey and thanks. I love you're, it. You're awesome. Um, okay. Oscar-winning film. Which one was it? We watched Unforgiven, one of my favorite. I was telling you it's probably in my top ten. Yeah. It may be. I, I'm hesitant. I probably have like 20 movies in my top ten. Understood. But, uh, you know, it's up there with like Jaws and E.T. for me. I mean, not quite as high as E.T. or anything, but... Uh, it's a damn fine film. Now, we should point out this movie has nothing to do with the Metallica hit, even though... The Metallica hit Unforgiven, much like a movie, has a sequel, Unforgiven <laughs> 2. But this is Unforgiven, a Western set in uh, 1881, long before Metallica was born. And it is a story of, uh, I guess you could say, revenge. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly comeuppance. Yeah. And, uh, and vision impairment. <laughs> yeah, vision impairments involved. Uh, nominated for nine Oscars. Nine it Oscars. Won four of them. It was nominated for, uh, let's see here, Best Sound. Love it. Art Direction slash Set Decoration. That makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, cinematography. Makes perfect sense. Which I was like, how did this movie not win? And then I looked it up and it lost to River Runs Through It. So that sort of makes sense. Oh, yeah. Uh Best writing screenplay written directly for the screen. Cool. Best actor, Clint Eastwood was nominated. And then it won best editing. Oh, it did, huh? Best director, best picture, and best actor in a supporting role, Gene Hackman. Whoa. Who is excellent in the film. He does great work. He's really he's really great. Playing Little Bill. Little Bill. Did they ever give uh, Little Bill Taggart, right? Taggett. Because Clint Eastwood is William... Daggett. It's Daggett. Daggett, that's right. Yeah. William Money. There's a lot of Bills and Wills in this movie. Yeah. There's Little Bill Daggett. There's William Money, who they who goes by Will. And I feel like they even, at a point, tell a story about another guy whose name is Bill and or Will. Um, yeah. But above all, there is English Bob. English Bob. English Bob. Played by... Richard, Sir Richard Harris. Richard the Orca late, Harris. The late Richard Harris. The terrifying Richard Harris. Morgan Freeman, isn't it? Ned Logan. Oh, yeah. Oh, Clint, you and I have to get unforgiven. I don't know what that's going to sound like through this, well, you know, through this it microphone. Was, it, was, it was a fine effort. Uh, so, I like... Um, so, Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman play legendary outlaws who... Um, Will Money and Ned Logan and Ned Logan, but uh, Ned marries a Native American, Native American woman named Sally Two Trees. Sally Two Trees, that's a pretty name, right? Wasn't it Sally Two Trees? Tall Your trees? guess is as good as mine. Tall I... Trees or Two Trees? I think it was Two Trees. Sure, it was Tall Trees. Oh, I'm um, idiot. You keep telling. And during the film, you know, they obviously don't want people to know who they are because they have people that are you know might be out to get him a good example is at the beginning of the film Clint Eastwood is uh um trying to separate the pigs that, that got the fever right from the good the pigs that don't have the fever yeah and he's got his kids there and uh do you think it was swine flu swine flu maybe that made news in recent <clears throat> years so uh this young guy this young gentleman rides up and is like you William money and you can see that there's sort of this uh, recollection or this um, acknowledgement in, in Clint Eastwood's like, eyes and his face that like this might be somebody coming to sure. enact revenge for some past deed that I've done. It was two trees. It was two trees. Booyah. Um, and, uh, and later in the film, Ned Logan um, gets interrogated and asks 
who he is, and he yeah. says that he's Ned Two Trees because he, you know he doesn't want people to know that he's actually Ned Logan. Right. So I thought it was kind of a nice little touch. I almost think there is yet another scene where somebody gives a false name. Oh, well, uh, at well, the very end, and and Will Money does when they when he's sick got in the pneumonia. bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, they ask him who he is, and that he tells them he's the guy. They tell a story about someone else when they're on their way to the town. When they're right. camping, um, and he tells little Bill that he's that guy um, when when he's being interrogated in the bar. Yeah, but we can't get to that scene just yet because this movie starts almost well, I mean, two hours we before that. Scene. I mean, we don't have to like you know break down every scene or anything. But that's also true. But so so what kicks Unforgiven into gear? Well, the Schofield kid shows up and says, "Yeah, played hey, by James Wolvett. Hey, the well, I mean, we actually see the incident, but the Schofield kid tells William Money that um, that these cowboys cut up this this whore is what they call her. Um, a, we a like lady, the term sex worker, a lady of the night, um, a woman of the oldest profession. Sure, uh, and uh, he's like, you know." They cut her face, cut her hands. He says they cut her ears off. They cut her teats. Yeah. And then um, when, when Money describes it to Ned Logan later, he makes it sound even worse. They cut her fingers off. Right. Yeah. Scary. Scary stuff. So William Money has to leave his two children to care for the pigs and chickens. Yeah, but they can go to Sally Two Trees if they to... need, is what he tells them. Right. But he's off to try to earn $500 he dues. For enacting revenge on these two cowboys. Yeah. Now, why does <laughs> you're falling back into old sheriff <laughs> old ways? Why does Sheriff Little Bill Daggett have to become the bad guy of this here story? Well, he's he's already sort of the bad guy. You just don't know it. Um, yeah, he uh, he has has a history uh, where it sounds like he has done some bad things oh, yeah. as a lawman. In Texas, he comes from from Texas. Uh, I can't remember if this takes place in. I want to say it takes place maybe in Wyoming or something. Oh my gosh! At one point, he. They, uh, I feel like they mentioned it so many times. Oh, big whiskey, Wyoming, right? That feels right. I don't think it was Kansas. Um, I feel like it was he, either Wyoming or Missouri. Well, uh, Little Bill talks. Well, they talk about going up from. He come. He came up from Texas. Great point. Uh, and little Bill references Nebraska. He woke up in Nebraska. He, he thought he was dead, but it turns out he was just in Nebraska. Yeah. Um, so I think he, they they were north. Um, and so he sort of found a small town that he can sort of reign over. Right. And uh, and he's looked at as the sort of caretaker of the town, but he's not exactly um, just. You're absolutely correct. He's going to whip these these cowboys who do this thing, but then he, you know, he he decides to just let them give horses, ponies, yeah, to the man who owns the whorehouse, not the, not even the girl whose face got slashed. Now, one of the bad guys does try to do it. Yeah, just try to give the. I mean, he technically isn't even the bad guy. He's just the partner of the guy who cut the girl up. He held her down though when he was cutting her. Oh, initially, he's like hold her down, and so the guy goes over and grabs. Oh God, that's right. So but he he was a participant. When it's time to pay the price with these horses, he brings an extra horse, and he's like, "This is for the poor lady who right. got cut up, right? Because she was never in on this deal. But you know what? It's my choice. I'm giving her this horse, and it's nicer than all those other horses. Yeah. And then they're like, "Get on out of here with that." Well, and that's that's an interesting like kind of theme of yeah. this like guilt by association. So they you have multiple instances where you have people who um, are who suffer because of guilt by association. So absolutely. Um, so you have this cowboy friend who ultimately gets killed mm-hmm. because of, of his association. You have Ned Logan who gets killed because of his association. He doesn't do any of the killing. Right. Um, although he does have the weapon that is used to kill the guy. I think if he hadn't had that weapon... There's, that, there's a really great moment where... Um, Ned can't kill the kid. Yeah. And so William takes the Spencer rifle from him and kills him with the Spencer rifle. And uh, realizing that Ned can't do this, he decides he's going to leave. And he gives the rifle to 
to William. Yeah. And William says, no, this is your rifle, and gives it back to him. It's, it's this really great exchange, that, especially if you've seen the film, and you know that the fact that Ned had the rifle on him, which meant he was guilty. Yeah. Um, when you're watching it again, you see that exchange happen. It's like, you know, keep the rifle, William. Keep the, the rifle. But he doesn't. And, and so Ned is killed by guilt by association. Um, and W.W. Beauchamp, uh, oh, yeah. the writer of the, the Duck of Death. Yeah, the Duck of Death. <laughs> um, is, is jailed because of his association with English Bob. Right. And then um, at the end of the film, um, the, the associ- I guess like one of the things is um, none of these men are ever going to be forgiven. William's yeah. never, William, the closest William ever got was being forgiven by his wife. Right. Who died. Um, but more so these men who associate with little Bill also are complicit in everything that little Bill does. And so they can't be forgiven either. Yep. And they all get taken down as well. Boy, do they. So um, it's kind of a cool like guilt by association thing that happens throughout the film. It's, it's very consistent. Yeah, ain't that the truth? I'm trying to think if it ever is inconsistent at any point. I don't think it is. No. There, my, my favorite moment is, is near the end of the film, like leading into that last like, act, that last um, climax of yeah. the film. And it's, uh, they've killed the second guy and they're waiting for the payment. And the Schofield kid and William have this conversation and the Schofield kid lets him know that like, this was actually the first person that I've ever oh, yeah. killed. And... You, this conversation starts, and you can see the woman coming with the money on a horseback from really, she's really far away. She's like a little, little dot. Yeah. And it's kind of almost like a Kurosawa kind of thing where um, the camera just stays there and they wait for the person to get to them. And they use that time that it takes to travel from point A to point B yeah. to like have this conversation. And this kid realized that like this also is not the life that he wants. Right. Um, a hired killer. Yeah, and a new, uh, a new good son of a son of a bee. And the guy who was sort of like resistant to everything, Clint Eastwood's character. He he didn't sleep with any of the prostitutes. Right. He, he didn't, didn't take advance pay. Didn't yeah. Didn't he didn't get an advance. Um, didn't get a free one. He doesn't drink. Um, he tries to mind his own business. He tells people he doesn't want to fight. Um, he's the guy who initiates the killing and sort of like leads the group to making it all happen. Yeah. And so like the guy who's the most resistant has sort of like put his foot over the line now. Yeah. And this woman comes up and he talks about giving Ned his share and she's like, Ned, Ned's dead. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? And she explains Ned's dead and this is my favorite moment. As she's like telling the story, she's Deathly afraid of William Money right. at this point because she knows who he is. William Money, the killer of men and children, or women and children. He's a bad dude. Um, you know, the same William Money who did such and such thing. And, so, and then she's explaining how Ned was beaten to death. He just gave out. And yeah. William takes the bottle from the kid and just starts drinking. And he doesn't, like, make a big deal out of it. He just does it. Yeah, And it's like this this like defining moment for this film and it it, every time I see it I'm like that's storytelling yeah and that whatever was in that bottle looked terrible yeah whatever it was looked like it looked like that brown liquid was it looked like whiskey but like the color of like eight week old Coca-Cola that had been out on a porch probably was apple juice and Coca-Cola yeah oh it looked gross Um, and then you have like what I think is the coolest like Flash to a like climax scene, yeah. which is he's drinking the alcohol, and then it's like thunder and lightning and darkness, and it's a this like throughout the film you never see a POV shot, yeah. You never get like through the eyes of somebody, but all of a sudden you get through the eyes of William Money, and you just see this like empty liquor bottle like get tossed into the mud, yeah. Of this cool like lightning and. Rain and this harbinger of of death coming. Harbinger of one hell of a gunfight, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, there's Unforgiven. It's so, so pretty and... Yeah. In a way, it's 
It's kind of hard for Westerns not to be pretty. Can you think of a non-pretty Western? I mean, when they go and they're able to find these locations that can pass for the American frontier, they're always pretty damn pretty. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, like, sort of define, like, what do you mean by Western? Like, you know, does it have to have cowboys in it? Does it, you know, like... Well, in a lot of ways, in the American West, in a lot of ways, like the Revenant is almost a Western, right? It's like a tale of revenge, yeah. And but it's but it, it's, it's a Northern. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I classify that as pretty. It's I mean, a, it's, it's a great it's, white Northern. Well, the Revenant is absolutely pretty. I don't know, man. It's it's pretty if you're from the snow, like I, I guess. Am. Like I see it, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be anywhere near that. Knowing what they went through to make the Revenant, yeah. I, I have a lot of like respect for them. Um, Did you hear what Leonardo DiCaprio had to do to make that movie? I mean, I heard what the cast and crew went through to make it at the time. I don't know. Well, he had to make an extra deal. He had to go back in time <laughs> and star in Critters 3. Oh, yeah. Is that the deal? In order for The Revenant to get made. That's not true. Pretty. Hey, he checked the IMDb for Critters 3. Tell me who the star is. Yeah. Leonardo... Basketball Diaries, DiCaprio. Did you know they had to, uh, they had to um, bring snow in for the snow scenes and take snow away for the good for God the scenes? Yeah, they. Um, How does they, that even happen? They ran so far behind on production that when they got to the time, to the point where they were supposed to film scenes with snow, they had to like manufacture it themselves. How could they possibly make that much snow? That's insane. Yeah, I only did watch the. Well, I don't think it's like time. all of it. I just think there's like. I get you. There, like, and then I think there are scenes where there's not supposed to be snow, so they had to get rid of snow. Oh, like, my gosh. That movie was, like, so over budget and behind schedule, and it was such a, like, difficulty to shoot and yeah. just some, some, crazy, uh, some crazy stuff. Oh, that revenant. You know, so there's, you hear these stories sometimes where you see these things about, like, um, how hard it is to shoot a period piece, especially in America. Oh, yeah. You know, like, oh, there's power lines in the background or, like... Um, Planes going over. In the movie The Patriot, like, the very, very distance you can see a car drive by in the background. I think in... Um, now, see, that same rumor applies to Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. So I don't know that? what to believe now. Do you see something like that? Uh, no, I've watched the spot where they say it's supposed to happen, and uh-huh. I still don't think I've seen it. Yeah. I wonder. I almost wonder if maybe that's just... I mean, think about it. There, there are Australians in both movies. Yeah. Maybe somebody got confused. They say uh, there's a there's a shot where Kevin Costner's wearing a wristwatch in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I've never really? seen it. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I, I've heard it exists. That's hilarious. But uh, everything I do. So to make sure that like they didn't have to like rake the dirt and all yeah. that stuff in Big Whiskey, um, automobiles were were banned from the set. Cool. On Unforgiven, which I thought oh was really cool. Oh my god! Crazy. So would they have to Conestoga wagon everything? Yeah, in they had the to day? like cart cart all the stuff in. Wow! All the equipment, all the lights, all the camera equipment, all the people had to walk or be carted in. Absolutely, that's cool. Yeah, really, really cool. Dedication. I need to get cast in a western, man. I know. I hear you. I don't know how to ride a horse, and I I'd pity any western. horse that would have to carry me on its back. But uh, yeah, being in a western would be fun. Um. There's oh. another pretty cool Western that I have on Blu-ray that I don't know if you've watched yet. Yeah, Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, starring... Kurt Russell. Kurt I have, I haven't Russell. Seen it. Uh, that's not really a pretty film either, is it? There's definitely some pretty scenery going on, but Can- then... Cannibal it, the Musical would the, probably be a Western that's not... Uh, yeah, pretty. you know what? There you have it. <laughs> um, I watched. I recently rewatched watched uh, uh, Ravenous a few weeks ago. Hadn't seen it since its theatrical release. Yeah. Pretty movie that... Also turns into a nightmarish uh, hellscape. Yeah, much like Bone Tomahawk. Um, as I was going to tell you on on this film, just some other interesting like things about the making of it. Yes, please. Um, in the eighties, this script had been around for a long time. Really, for like to, uh, fifteen years or something. Um, Francis Ford Coppola was going to make it originally. All right, and he offered the William money to John Malkovich. Who turned, it, who turned it down. Wow. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine that. But do you know who was offered the role of William Money before Clint Eastwood? But after John Malkovich? But after John Malkovich. All right. So it went to Malkovich. Then it went to Blank. And then it went to Clint Eastwood. Blank is... Oh, man. Oh, man. 
I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. Uh, I'm getting the letter M. M? No. I'm getting the letter W. Oh, definitely not a W. I'm getting the letter J. No, definitely not a J. I'm getting the letter... But there's a J sound. George. No, I'm just going to tell you. Hang on. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. (laughs) Jack Nicholson. No. Wait, that's a J. Jeff Goldblum. Also a J. Also a J. Bill... Can I just say, because it's... Jury. Yeah, tell me who. Gene Hackman. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he ended up being Little Bill, because, you know, eventually the script went to Clint Eastwood, and so when he decided to make it, you know, he gave himself that part. Cool. Um, Cool for Hackman for sticking with it, too. Yeah. Did you ever hear my Gene Hackman story? It's not my Gene Hackman story, but it's a really good short story. Mm, No. It's very short. Okay, go for it. Jerry Van Dyke had gone back to his hometown to film something there in his much, much younger days. Yeah. And uh, there was a PA working on the set, and he's like, wow, Jerry Van Dyke, man, so cool to see you back here in hometown. Like, it's so cool that you, like, got out of here and went to Hollywood, and you and your brother are, are, like, making things happen and whatnot. And Jerry Van Dyke's like, oh, thanks. I'm, you know, going to be Luther on coach one day. And Gene Hackman, well, there you go. <laughs> and so the PA is like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to give it a try one day. And, and Van Dyke's like, well, I mean, like, how old are you? You don't really look like a, a young kid anymore, and it's kind of best to get out there when you're you yeah. know, real young and hungry. And he's like, well, I'm 35, but I still, I feel like I can do it. You know, he's like, I see you doing it. And I'm just like, man, I think I can do that. And Van Dyke's like, nah, man, if you're 35, don't go to Hollywood. He's like, you, wow. you're, you're, you're way past overdue, man. And then sure enough, that was Gene Hackman. Wow. And I feel like Gene Hackman uh, is a bit more of a household name than Jerry Van Dyke these days. Absolutely. Jerry Van Dyke, wherever you are, God bless you. Is he alive? I don't think he's alive. Oh, is Gene Hackman died too, right? Um, oh my gosh, he did, didn't he? Wait, no, so. did he? I think so. Well, oh so gosh. I was going to say, there's one other thing I really like about this movie. Um, uh, I like the opening, the first shot and the last shot. Right. Which is like set to, you know, this kind of quiet guitar music with um, text on the screen that reads like it's from a book about um, the woman that he marries, Clara. Um, who is dead by the time the movie starts. And it's about like her mother not understanding why she fell in love and went off with this this terrible William Money character. Um, but the movie starts with this kind of sunsetty silhouette shot of of the farm with like the clothesline and stuff and the grave by the tree. Um, and it ends that way. And it's kind of cool because um, have you ever seen High Plains Drifter? Man, when I was a real little kid, I saw it. You saw that as a kid? Yeah. Are you sure we were talking about High Plains Drifter? You know that movie starts with like... I might be thinking of Pale Rider. Yeah, because High Plains Drifter starts with the murder of like four guys and the rape of a woman. I'm going to let you in on a secret. I mean, it's, it's, uh, not, a, it's not a... It's a... Gra- it's, it's, they, they, he rapes a woman. Well, here's the thing. I grew up with a whole lot of cable... I saw, okay. I saw a whole lot of R-rated movies before I was like five years old, just popping on HBO in the middle of the day. So, I mean, there's a chance that I probably saw like an edited for TV High Plains Drifter or something like that. Maybe. Here and there along the lines. But, I mean, I haven't like seen it, seen it, where I'm like, I'm, today I'm sitting down to watch High Plains Drifter. Well, it's a cool, like, to finish, it's a cool like artsy uh, Clint Eastwood made um, cowboy film. Also, I'm, I'm listening. I'm just also looking to see if Gene Hackman's still alive, because well, this is very... The reason I bring up High Plains Drifter is it also starts with the same shot. It begins and ends with the same like location and shot and camera angle. And he kind of went back to that. High Plains Drifter also has um, a, uh, a Kurosawa moment of somebody just like walking in, you know, or walking away or walking toward a camera like for nice. a long period of time. So, um, IMDb does not show that Gene Hackman has passed away. Okay, maybe he's still alive. I, I sure hope so. Yeah, I mean he's. I mean he's not doing any movies really, but I, I sure do. I sure do like Gene Hackman. Gosh, I hope he hasn't passed away. So it just says born January thirtieth, nineteen thirty, age eighty-seven. Well, hopefully he's still alive. Gene Hackman, we we wish you many happy returns, bro. What about Jerry Van Dyke? He he hasn't passed away, has he? Uh, I don't I think, know. I think he did. 
I don't know, dude. I don't know. Let's let's move on from know. looking up to see whether or not <laughs> people are alive or dead and and uh wrap up this episode of View the Right Thing. Yes, indeedy. Now, in order to wrap it up, we got to draw from the Muppet Bucket. We do indeed. Here, let me um, pop it up for you. If you're listening to this, and my phone just died. If you, you're listening... You, you deserve it. You plug that in right no, there. No, where did this I, I deserve it. I was looking at IMDb for the purposes of the show. Um, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched Unforgiven, you should really go watch it. Also, if you're listening for the first time... Here's how the show works. At the yeah. end of every episode, we draw a new movie out of the bucket, and that gives you like a week or two, more, more likely two or more <laughs> weeks, of uh, to be able to watch the film. We're going to let you know. I like to tweet what movie we're about to watch before yep. we record, and that lets people know. Yeah, except sometimes, you know, well, in this case, you didn't tweet Unforgiven. But it's well, because we're, doing, we're trying to do, we're, we're, ca- we're playing catch up. I'll tweet it before this episode comes out. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, all right, see, so here's the bucket, my friend. All right, so I'm going to reach my hand into a bucket of slips of paper. On these slips of paper are the titles of movies that we should have seen by now. At least one of us has not seen these films. But at least one of us sometimes has. But you also should definitely see it. I'm going to reach in. Oh, man. There's probably a hundred movies in this bucket. I'd say way more than that, don't you think? think? So? I don't know. Okay. It I looks like a lot of slips one. of paper. All right, what you got? Let me put the lid back. Oh. What you got? Show me what you got. 2013, starring the tragically late, great Anton Yelchin. I love Anton Yelchin. Odd Thomas. Odd Thomas. You So you haven't seen this, because I have. I've not seen it. Based on a book, if I'm not mistaken. A book or I a comic book? the word book. Maybe I, a comic I think book? it's a novel. Graphic novel? Oh, I don't know. I think it's a... Uh, what's not, not... If only you could look it up on your phone. It's not uh, Dean Koontz. But he can't, because I have his phone. Patterson? James Patterson wrote that? No. I'm not sure who, but I'm pretty right, sure I'm it's a novel. It you've, I got a, you've got a smartphone and a beautiful computer right there. You could easily look it up God. while my phone recharges for the 90th time today. Nine times. Dean, Odd Dean Koontz. It, it is, is Dean Koontz. Koontz. Um, this movie did not get great reviews. No. But um, and it's, it's hammy. And that's yeah. probably a big piece of it. Um, special effects aren't like amazing either, but... Uh, it's kind of fun. Sure, all right. I'm um, looking forward to this. And I like uh, Anton Yelchin. I'll Anton Yelchin is so good. Yeah, I just I just love Anton Yelchin. Did you see? I, uh, I wish I wish I wish that uh, things things had turned out differently. Did you see that like salute that they put in for him in the in the most recent Star Trek? And uh, uh, I saw a couple. Well, I noticed a couple things in the movie. Um, I noticed that they did a very clever edit. Um, where they, uh, I think it's Bones and Jim are drinking. Yeah. And they stole the, the liquor from, from uh, Chekhov's locker. All right. And they, they hold their glasses up to, to toast, and the very next shot is Anton Yelchin. Yeah, that's the one. Um, they did another thing at the end of the film that was a little bit of a wink. Oh, yeah? Um, I think it was the last scene. I can't remember off the top of my head, because it's been since the movie was in the theater, since I saw it. But yeah, they did another another little thing, and then of course they dedicated the movie to Leonard Nimoy and and Anton Yelchin both, which was a really nice, sweet thing to do. Yeah, way to go, Star Trek. Yeah, but man, Anton Yelchin, what a what a damn shame. Yeah, absolutely. What a shame, Dame. Did you ever see uh, burying the X with him? I didn't. Ashley Green and Alexandra Daddario. No, I that's seen it. like I also haven't seen the Green Room, which I hear is very good. I've got to see Green Room. Yeah, burying the X. Pretty fun movie. I'm pretty sure it's still on Netflix. Directed by Joe the Burbs. Joe <laughs> the Gremlins. Yeah. Joe Matinee yeah. Dante. Dante huh? I love that guy. Yeah, he's great. Awesome. 
All right, so we just picked Odd Thomas out of the bucket. If you're listening to this, you've watched Unforgiven. If you haven't, watch that too. And watch Odd Thomas in preparation for our next episode. If you haven't watched Unforgiven because you're like, oh, I'm not into Westerns or whatever, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Yes, and I will say this. Because I wasn't really like raised on Westerns. Like, you know, they'd be on here and there. But there yeah. were very few times when my dad was like, hey, you got to watch this Western. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And like... I know a lot of people, like, father-to-son Western, is, it, there's a bit of a right... It's like playing catch in the yard. It's, it's, it, they go hand-in-hand. Hand. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that, even though I'm not, like, into Westerns, that I still give them a chance as often as I can. Because yeah. I almost always wind up liking them. Yeah. With the exception of maybe... I don't even know. The I great, don't know. Except for the great Western, Dr. Zhivago. That's not a Western. I'm just joking. I just know how much you don't like that movie. Damn it. <laughs> I brought him down, folks. Damn it. <laughs> well, it did have Geraldine Chaplin in it. Yeah. I'll give it that. All right. Well, I guess we got, got our work to do. That's so. it for this episode of View the Right Thing. We've got to watch Odd Thomas. Please tweet at us at VTRT Movies. VTRT Movies. Uh, if you want to tell me to shut up on Twitter, I'm at Steve in Nohowood. Yeah. Tag both of us in the tweet. Sure. And you'll get twice the interaction, yeah, baby. Yeah, in the meantime, uh, watch out, Thomas. Bond and Bond Cinema. <laughs>